Crosschoke, the TFL Ministries podcast, is brought to you by you. If you want to learn how to support our show, go to patreon.com slash TFL Ministries. Yo, let's go. How you doing this morning, dude, Zachary? Absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I mean, I'm just feeling it. My Hey Dude shoes are so comfortable. Ooh. I made a fried egg sandwich this morning. Yum. Two eggs. Yeah. Kraft cheese. You know, I did that once and uh, it ended up only looking like a tortilla. <laughs> yeah. That was the most confusing conversation <laughs> we've ever had. So Dakota made this, uh, just for our listeners, Dakota sent this picture of what looked like a quesadilla. Yes. And it and I looked at the picture and I was like, What's what's in there? And he's like, Oh, just eggs and seasoning. <laughs> and then but there was cheese on top of it. <laughs> Sprinkled. <laughs> on top of what looked like a quesadilla. So I didn't realize till the next day we went to dinner. <laughs> the next night. Yeah. And we for some reason that came up in conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I realized it was the omelet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there was no tortilla. <laughs> no. Oh man. Yeah, but I love eggs. Good times. Yeah, yeah, that was only last week, but yeah, that was a good time. <laughs> I feel like when people say good times, it means like... Oh. Like the good old days. Yeah. Ah, good times. Yesterday. Yep. It's all been downhill <laughs> since then. Uh, welcome to Season 4, Episode 27 of Cross Choke. I am Zach Anderson. Of course, I am joined by the lovely and laughable Dakota Wrighton. That's right. That's what they used to call you in high school. Yeah, they uh, didn't call me other things in high school. Big wig. The good day. What? The <laughs> good times. The good old times. What you were what you were looking for. Dakota, we're in your office, and I got to say, you have been aesthetically increasing mm. the vibe in mm-hmm. here. That's right. It looks good. Trying to go for that uh, young associate pastor vibe, you know? Yeah. The one where the church only hires you for your age. <laughs> Not the case here. I was going to say, is that how you feel? Some days I wish that was the case. But you, again, wear, I've, I've been saying this phrase all morning, many hats. You're a man of many colors. That's right. You're like uh, Jacob's. Including the jester's hat. The what? The jester's hat. Like oh, like Joker. Yes. Oh, not like gestures. <laughs> the gestures. <laughs> you do interpretive. <laughs> you do interpretive dance during worship. <laughs> but uh, just to refresh our memory, right, you do... I mean, whatever you're told, of course. But actually, you need to do need to refresh my memory because sometimes the, I forget. Yes, yes. So you oversee Journey Youth, probably one of your primary. Does that take most of your time, Journey Youth stuff? Because uh, alongside that, you do the worship on Sundays. I I would say it takes up most of my time. Okay, so like say a pie chart, hundred percent. Okay. Okay, out of the hundred percent, would you say like forty Six, or sixty percent oh, would be youth, twenty okay. percent worship. 20% journey groups. But the better leader I become, the more I'd like to see that pie chart become 33.3%. Equal quadrants, you know. Okay. So even evenly distributed. Yes, because, and maybe we'll talk about this in 
our podcast today. Yeah. But as a leader, all the responsibility shouldn't be on you. Like you shouldn't be doing everything. Sure. Right. Yeah. Do you tend to be that way as a leader? Um, no. Where, where, what would be the alternative? Um, delegating. Yeah. And do you feel like that's a strong suit for you? I do. I do have the tendency. Okay. So I've swung both ways before where I've been the leader that doesn't do anything and just says, do something and whatever it is, it'll be good. Doesn't matter. Mm. And I've been the leader before that is, I'm going to do everything because I know I'll do it right. And you can't let me down. Oh, sure. Yeah. Right. No, I see that. Yeah. It's an interesting way to kind of dissect yourself by yes. how you lead other people. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. But either I'm way, still learning. I'm, o- I'm only 23. I got a lot of leadership learning to go. So yeah, that's good. But anyways, you're, you're doing well. I got to say. I am. And how are you doing, Zach? Spectacular. Again. How's the Academy rolling? Dude, we've been really busy at the Academy. Our kids program has been, uh, yeah, kids program, uh, adult program. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been really fortunate with COVID stuff in the middle of that. Come um, on. We've been super busy <gasps> Speaking regardless. of which, we I'm, don't have to wear masks. I'm so excited. So, funny story. I went into Walmart yesterday. Right. And I was curious because I was kind of like, do I got to wear my mask in Walmart? And they you know, do have a sign up. They didn't yesterday. I was there yesterday. Really? Yeah. But I maybe it was only on the door I went to. Hmm. What it, okay, wait. It wasn't on the door. It was on the side of the building. Like, oh, it was like when a couple... you walk in that like foyer area. Yes. Um. So I didn't look for that. So I walked in, and I just kind of like I didn't see it on the glass windows. So that sure. was like okay, I'm all right. So I walked in, but like I've never felt like you know you ever seen those like scary movies where like everybody in the city knows what's happening, but then here comes the tourists and yes. like, they all like stare at them. Okay, like Inception. Yes, pretty much. Every, yeah, yeah. When you start doing something screen. wrong, and they're all looking at you like. Yeah, that's exactly how it was because I walked in there and like everybody's like looking at me. A ton of people had masks on. I was actually surprised by how many people had masks on. Sure. But then I saw like two or three people without masks. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I I felt so weird. You're like touching the water to see if it's okay. (laughs) You're like, well, it's not that hot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but then on the way out, I asked the guy, I'm like, hey, are you guys requiring masks in here? Because I didn't want to be like that guy. Yeah. But he was like, well, the official stance of Walmart is that the employees must wear them, but for our customers, they're recommended. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so Nice. Like, I'm like, not oh. wearing one next time then. Yeah. So, it'll be totally cool. Cool. But in the middle of that, with COVID stuff, the academy's been doing really well. Let's go. I had to teach quite a few classes this last week because Mike, our head instructor, um, wasn't able to make it in. He just switched jobs. Yeah. So, but anyhow, but that's been super busy. Cool. Really good that way. A lot of stuff with TFL behind the scenes. Yeah. In the works. In the works. Trying to get a hold of the IRS. That's always fun. Oh, man. Not happy. Better than them trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Other than that, been cruising along. Cruising along with Cross Choke and TFL. If you didn't know, this is Cross Choke, one of three TFL Ministries podcasts. Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can get exclusive content from Cross Choke by joining us on Patreon.com slash tfl ministries by supporting us at any level you'll also gain access to cross choke plus so zach speaking of cross choke plus why don't you give our listeners a taste of this last episode well i got some salt in my fingers i'm gonna drop it on the mic Ooh, salt bay 
no, that that was probably not. That sounded like a bunch of toddlers running on the roof. <laughs> it didn't sound like little salt pebbles. <laughs> no. No, last week I talked um, about if uh, the idea behind why do why does it seem like the godly suffer and the wicked prosper? Yeah. That's really outlined well in Psalm 37. Yeah. Psalm 37 is kind of a, an anomaly in the middle of Psalms. It kind of comes off like a proverb. And so it doesn't quite fit the vibe of what you think a psalm would be. Sure. But so do all the other psalms. I mean, they're all kind of random in their own way. But anyhow, kind of looked at the idea behind, you know, that God sees everything and we should continue to do good and love people. I mean, that's like as simple as it is. So it is that simple. Beautiful. So and there was one verse in there where I think it's like Psalm 37, 3. And it's just like an OG verse because it's like, trust God and do good. Yeah. (laughs) You know, cultivate faithfulness in your life. God will. And I think it says something like the wicked's arms will break while God will sustain the righteous. Come on. And better is the little of the righteous than the abundance of the wicked. Wow. It's like super good. So it's so challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. Just continue to do Come on. do what God's called you to do. So, if uh, of course I go more in depth than that, but we have been keeping our cross joke pluses about fifteen minutes. Yes, and so I think that will probably be a trend unless we do like an interview or something. Yeah, but um, in just kind of the regular cross joke plus episodes, that will probably be the trend um, as to make it just a home run for people. Yep, and. Uh, potentially grow on that as well. Mm-hmm. So again, you could join us pa- uh, Patreon.com/slash/TFLMinistries. Come on. Leadership, Leadership just sucks. sucks. I said just. That works. Just. I mean, it just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> but does it? Um, you know, Dakota, that's the question uh, of leadership. And so we kind of have prepared a little bit of uh, what we're going to dive into the leader's life. Someone say dissect. You know, somebody <laughs> out there, give me a dissect. But Dakota, we are going to talk about leadership. Yeah. We talked a little bit about you and leadership role. You have had different leadership roles over your ministerial experience. Yes. Not only ministerial, but also secular. You know, um, I'll, I have had many roles and yeah. going back to the hats term, you know, right. different, different avenues of leadership. But today, Dakota, there's kind of some different ways that we could look at leadership. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just kind of give it, give it to you to give it uh, to tee us off here. Okay, for sure. So first, let me talk about kind of my leadership background. Ministry wise, I've been in a leadership position since before I was a Christian. (laughs) So I never really started off on the right leadership path with the right grounding. I've had to learn from mistakes, which is fine. That's a that's a great way to learn. Maybe even the best way to learn, some would say. So I was 14, leading worship for our youth group, couldn't sing, could barely play the guitar. It was terrible. It was awful. It was awesome. God used me in a mighty way. Um, And ever since then, I've been in a worship leadership position at some point throughout my life. I've also been a small group leader. I've been through different leadership roles through our youth group. Um, I've even in the business world, I had a leadership role at my secular job at 220. Vocational job is probably the better way to say that. Secular job. Well, <laughs> I was selling drugs, so. I was a street pharmacist. 
<laughs> I was a worm farmer. That's that means uh, you cultivate marijuana crops. I did not know that. Yeah, there you go. So if someone ever asks you if you want to partner with them to open a worm farm, be careful that you know which worms you're getting into. So anyways, I've had a lot of leadership roles throughout my life. What kind of leadership roles have you had, Zach, and when did that start for you? So in middle school is kind of when my work yeah. uh, career started, I guess. So yeah. I started at uh, Christina's Costina, the restaurant I've been at for like a decade. Mm-hmm. But I've been there. Worked my way up, you know, and so, that's right. but I've been there. That's been a great avenue. Love that job. And then also at that time, I uh, stepped up at our academy that I started at, the Lion Pit. From there, I started teaching classes. How old were you when you started teaching? Um, Like, I don't know. Like seven? No, no, no. It was in middle school. So whatever it However so old like you are there, like 13, 13 ish, probably 14. I don't know. Cool. Somewhere right in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I would teach my own class like once a week, I think. Oh, then, wow. Then that grew to like two and whatever. And then I started overseeing like cool kids or something. I don't remember. It just kind of uh, cascaded into more leadership roles there. Sure. And then also from there, of course, was involved in youth group, things yeah. like that, and started to get like little. Um, you know, as you're discipled and, right. you know, they kind of like, hey, do you want to help with this or whatever? And yeah. so then I started to do the stage designs um, here yeah. at church and then also was in the sound booth and doing things in there. And so that just kind of grew into being um, somewhat of a leader within the church. Yeah. And so after high school and then that is when I kind of started getting my credentials or, or uh, training and, yeah. um, you know, growing educationally within ministry. And so, yeah, then I started getting different roles within the church world and then interned here at Journey. And then that, I, I, I oversaw uh, Journey groups. Yes, and which I'm still utilizing the fruit from that yay. to this day. Go team. But um, what else did I do? Uh, maybe TFL. Okay, yeah, that's probably a big one. <laughs> yeah. That just, like, popped into my mind. Yeah, I was like, so, yeah, that was kind of in the middle of – when I started to fight in high school. Okay. So I knew I loved the Lord, wanted to glorify him, had this platform of fighting. And then that was kind of like, okay, God, if you could use this, use it. So yeah, that's where TFL kind of came and originated was that, that concept in, yeah, it was about 17 right in there or so. And then kind of started a Bible study within that. And then kind of gave it the name, the fight life ministries. Yeah. And then that continued to grow. And so, then I also had a leadership role when I was in Morocco for a while at that yes. internship and then came back and I oversaw some of our missions program here at the church. And so, yeah, some different Very roles. Cool. There's probably something else in there that I'm missing. But probably a lot more. Yeah, that's so. kind of the highlighted version. But that's you and cool. I, yeah, so you and I have both had quite a few different ways in which we've yes. led or had to be leaders. And probably lots of mistakes between us both, too, that we've had to learn from. I've made a few. Yeah, probably a lot less than me. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Here's what has changed my life as a leader. Um, well, one, being in this position now is a completely different realm than I'm used to. It's a lot more responsibility. And a book that helped me is one of our look into it's from quite a while ago that you recommended to me and our pastor had me read called Lead So Others Can Follow. And through this book, the author highlights four 
kind of categories for a spiritual leader and where they can operate. So first we're going to talk about spiritual leadership, like being a leader through ministry, which if you're a Christian should be, should apply to you. And then next we're going to talk about just leadership in general, uh, like business type leadership. So for the first category of these four um, lessons, I guess you should call it, is spirituality. So the first key point is that you should be a servant first before leading other people. So that means putting God first and then making sure everything in your life is in order because you can't lead others before one, you lead yourself first. Like I can't even lead my wife and my kids before I'm leading myself. Cause if I'm out of line, if I'm out, if I'm in whack, if I'm in whack, yeah. if I'm out of whack, is that the right That's term? That's probably it. If I'm out of whack, then my whole family below me follows suit. So God first, then make sure you are serving and that you're in the right alignment and then your family, and then you can lead others. It's about making sure your priorities are right. It's good. Yeah. So there's a lot of things to talk about priorities as a leader, specifically for spirituality. One thing that's really important to me is having a day of Sabbath of rest. I think it's biblically mandated. And so I don't do a good job of doing this on a specific weekday because I'm doing something almost every day. But generally, either Friday or Saturday, I take a Sabbath where it's not that I'm being lazy and not doing anything, but it's a time for me to be refreshed and be productive in my own life so that I'm ready to serve the rest of the week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And you got to think about it in the way of preemptive maintenance, like on a car. I'm changing the oil before I have to replace the transmission. Dude, I let my oil go so long. Yeah. Like I do too. Like a couple of years. Okay. So you know my Explorer, right? Yeah. I've never changed the oil on that. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I know. That's so bad. (laughs) Dude, because... Uh, my oil needed changed. You know, like they give you that little stick. Well, you probably don't know, but when you get your, <laughs> when you get your oil changed in the upper left hand corner, they give you like at this many miles yeah. is your next oil yeah. change or this date. This date, yeah. So one day I I, I just forget about it, dude. So mm-hmm. like, and my car runs great. I think I don't know. It probably could run way better, but I'm just fine. But I looked in the corner and it was like two years ago that it should have been changed, and I was like, <gasps> so Alex drove my car once, and he goes. Bro, I noticed you need your oil changed really bad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll get it done. So he would harass me about it all the time. That was like nine months ago. You're like, yeah, I I just did it myself this time. My dad actually did it. Oh, my and gosh. it has a click to it now. I don't know what that's about. Huh. So thanks, Dad. Well, but- I, I do know the last time I was in your car, which has actually been like years ago, hmm. you needed your brakes changed so <laughs> so bad that when we were going down the hill the whole car shook to a stop so yeah i'm not anyways. not the best with maintenance but spiritual Priori- maintenance priorities yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah spiritual maintenance and you're so right to to kill things in their infancy right because like if you let if That's, you let that sounds evil <laughs> that really does like huh? kill hitler before he grows up like looper um yeah yeah that movie um, but kill things while they're still small, where they haven't grown into like a big deal, you know, like 
Because I know if I – my tendency spiritually as a leader is to be performance-oriented yeah. and performance-based and um, very which, – which has a, a good place. Yes. But it cannot be directed to your self-worth. Yeah. Like uh, if I'm not doing well, I'm not worthy kind mm-hmm. of idea. So – but there is still a responsibility where you have to perform and do your your part in which you're responsible for. Yeah. But that must be covered in grace. Wow. So like that, that's where if I'm, you know, in, in the grand scheme of being a good leader, this first sphere is being spirituality. Yes. You know, if that is to be healthy in my life, I know I need to be very intentional about living in grace. Very good. So the second realm here, realm, is that the right word we should be using? Okay. Second orb of being a good leader. (laughs) We need like a thesaurus sitting right here or something. Yeah. Is that a type of dinosaur? Yeah, I'm yeah. Just kidding. What did <laughs> Thesaurus, period. <laughs> okay, so strategies is our next point here. So th- here's something that's been changing my mindset is to think like a missionary in every aspect that I'm in. So I'm trying to reach the youth of Butte through my pastoral role of being a youth pastor, I need to think like a missionary. So I need to learn their culture. I need to speak in their terms, not in a corny way. I still need to be authentic, but I need to understand their language and lingo and then uh, share in that culture. So think like a missionary, use strategies. So some other great strategies um, as a leader is that you should always put people over profits, even if it's the harder route. So it might be more profitable profitable for Zach to cut time on his classes, but he's giving value to those people and investing in them by having long classes at a reasonable price. Looking for quality Brazilian jiu-jitsu training with affordable payment plans in a modern, clean facility? Imperial BJJ is a place for you. Offering discounts for all military personnel, police officers, nurses, firefighters, first responders, and college students, Imperial BJJ is a place to start your jiu-jitsu journey. With classes available from six years old to adult, it's a place where the whole family can benefit together. Did we mention we offer family discounts as well? Imperial BJJ, where beginners start every day. All right, next strategy is leading a staff. Um, This is something that you're going to need to learn to do as a spiritual leader. You need to learn how to lead a staff strategically. Now, there's two ways you could do this. You could do it by being really popular or you can do it by being respected. But you'll never be respected if you're only trying to be popular. When a team serves a great and trusting leader, which trust is huge as a leader, one, they feel they feel valued, two, they feel inspired, and three, they feel empowered. And we're going to talk about those uh, later in the in the business side as well. Yeah. And, you know, that, that comes to giving – uh, the, the way that I've really been trying to to lead our classes at Imperial yeah. is by giving authority. Yeah. That has been a big game changer in my ability to lead other people. That's good. Because I don't just want to have them duplicate tasks. Yeah. You know, you don't give give tasks but give authority. And yeah. It's a huge, huge difference because, like you're saying, it, it gives them value. It gives them inspiration. They feel empowered. They have ownership. Absolutely. They're not just a minion. But they have actual responsibility. Yes. Now, in ministry with, like, say, those who aren't necessarily in your leadership sphere, who uh-huh. may be just attending church, or right. like a new youth student, and it's very similar to, like, a new student at Imperial. Yeah. Is, you know, at first you're teaching them. Right. 
but to make their faith their own yes. or to make their jujitsu their own. Just some sort of responsibility. Mm-hmm. One one way I heard at this conference I went to a few days ago is uh, the youth pastor was saying for like a new student that you that you want to grow and disciple because you have to do that. You have to disciple people that are under you. Otherwise, none of this works or is worth anything. He was saying just like even make up a task. Like just say like, hey, this is really important. I really need someone to make sure all the chairs are in a straight line. I really need someone to check the garbages every half hour. And like, just give them ownership over things. It doesn't even have to be huge. But once someone catches that vision and has ownership, and then you can congratulate them and say, hey, great job doing that thing I asked you. Mm. They feel empowered now to do even greater things. That's good. And they, they feel a part of your vision. Yes. You know, they're part of something. It's good. So then our third realm here is skills so you're gonna need some you're gonna need a set of very specific skills (laughs) (laughs) but you're gonna be able to need to do the things that you're asking your team to do as a worship leader i can't ask uh, a team member to do a specific thing if i can't do it myself now obviously there are certain points for instance as a drummer i can't get to the point right now as like a fantastic drummer who can do a ton of fills and stuff like that. But I can guide the person and be willing to work with them to it. I have to be able to do the things that I'm asking my team to do. So for instance, in jujitsu, you can't ask one of your leaders to teach some kids this really cool, awesome move that you want them to learn without first being able to understand it yourself. Mm. That'd be an unrealistic expectation. Sure, there will be moments when they capture something and they're like, hey, I learned this thing. Can I teach it? But that's from learning from you and that vision that you have. There is a lost connection when a leader thinks they are above working at a level that they're asking of others. Wow. Totally hypocritical. Mm. There's some other skills that you're going to need as a leader. That includes public speaking. That's tier one. And uh, I understand a lot of people aren't great public speakers. That is a skill you can learn. It's not a talent that you just have. It's something I've had to learn and grow through. You're going to need to understand how to build teams, be a good team builder, and how to guide people through change. Ooh, that's, yeah, that's a huge ability to be able to shepherd. Yes. You know, to take people by the hand and lead them through change. Exactly. Wow. You know, there is a point where, like, Understanding your limitations mm-hmm. is part of a skill set as well. Yes. You know, yet you cannot, like you said, be unwilling to help people go through something that you're not good exactly. at. Exactly. Yeah. And I think there's a huge disconnect in um, not necessarily authenticity. And I don't really like to use the word authentic because it usually carries a stigma of pride. Sure. It, typically, you know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. just being authentic. I'm just being me. Like, it, it tends oh, to, yeah. It tends, that's where my mind goes is a little bit of pride. But I guess being sincere would be the other way I'd say it. Sure. Or maybe just being real. Just being real. Yeah. Like, that's that's just it. But, you know, when when we are trying to ask people to do something that we have never tried yeah. or don't understand ourselves, yes. there's, there's the sincerity has gone. It's, it's uh, yeah. I no longer care for that person yeah. because it's like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing either. You don't know what you're doing. But this needs to be done or you want to grow yeah. in this specific area. But here's area. this unrealistic expectation I have. Yeah. Because I read this in a book. Here, Fill you need it. to do this. 
but it's like okay let's suck at it together i'll walk with you yes, through this exactly that is a huge yep. uh, uh form of uh, vulnerability and bonding yes. with your whoever you're working with absolutely so good and then the fourth uh realm that we have here through this book leads so others can follow is stamina now stamina is huge there's a lot of things that encompass this realm you know we talked about sabbath how important that is to to rest and do preemptive maintenance emotional health is a huge thing that you need to take into consideration as a leader there are going to be lots of times or even just opportunities for people to criticize you and the thing is most people are only saying this because they want you to be a better person they want you to be a better leader and it's coming from a loving and a healthy way, but it's not always exerted in that in that way. What's an example of that? Um, let's say I shared a message to our youth group, and then I had a youth student come up and say, I didn't resonate with that well. You should have done this instead. Now, emotionally, I can choose to take that information and internalize it and say, okay, I'm the worst. I shouldn't be doing this. Someone else could do a better job. Even this kid is saying someone else could do better. Or I can learn from that. And it takes a lot of emotional health to choose to learn from criticism instead of internalize it. Wow, yeah. It's kind of the difference between having thick skin and thin skin almost. Yes, but also you got to have a balance because if you are just a hard shell and you don't take any criticism because you think you're the best and you can't learn from anybody, then that's the other side of negativity. Mm -hmm. There's like a middle ground that you want to be in where you're taking in the information, but you're only holding on to the good stuff and spewing out all the bad. I feel personally attacked. That's <laughs> the Holy Spirit convicting you <laughs> and not me. But it's, it's having... because I, I think you're a great leader. And I actually look to you as an example. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. There, there, there is a tendency for me to live like that. Um, I, could, I, I could, think it's just human. Know, yeah. So what I, what I actually remember is, is thick skin but a soft heart. Yeah. You know, because you gotta have, you gotta have a little bit of, uh, of um, grit. Yeah, a little bit of nasty. You gotta have a little <laughs> nasty, right? Yeah. Yet you have to be able to be have that soft heart that's yes. moldable and willing to take criticism whether yeah. it's a positive or a negative criticism yeah yet in the middle of that you also have to seek that criticism too yes because you can't just wait for people to come up and tell you you know i think yeah i think when you're not looking for feedback yes when you do get feedback it's like can be more heartbreaking exactly it's like the end of the world mm -hmm. which is where we come back to this idea of leadership sucks it's <laughs> It's hard to be a leader, especially in a ministerial role. Um, but I would encourage you, if you are looking to step up and fulfill that role as a minister of the gospel, don't be afraid of these hardships. Embrace them and then learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. So a great example of someone who has lost stamina would be, and this has been the hot topic for a few months now, Ravi Zacharias. Um, if you don't know, he was like a world-renowned televangelist who had a lot of hidden sin going on and a lot of nasty, evil things going on behind closed doors. 
as leaders, make sure your stamina is in the right place with God. Because once you start even losing off that trajectory just a little bit, down the road, you don't know where you could end up. Mm. Just getting a little off early on. Yeah. If it's never corrected, the course is Because we're, we're not running a sprint as leaders. You know, we're not trying to just deliver a great message and awesome material for a year and then move on and do it again. We're trying to disciple people and build relationships over long periods of time. Yeah. And that's the ticket to long-term success. Yeah. And the success being obedience. Yes. Right. Success is not in how many people you're able to impact. You know, success is not in the numbers. Of course, numbers matter. But yet, say if you were to be in your wheelchair, you know, you only have two weeks left to live and you only ever brought one person to the Lord. Right. Would that would you say you were successful or not? Absolutely. You know, because it's yeah. it's a heart question. Right. And this is an interesting question that I got asked just like I think it was just a couple of days ago by one of my coaches and and I was like I kinda was like, Oh man, like yes I'd be okay with that, but at the same time I'm like, <laughs> No. I'm like, is that actually success? Because I don't feel like God would just have me reach one person. Sure. But at the same time, how grateful is the one for you reaching them? Yes. You know, and because if that if that's obedience to God, then that's great. Yeah. If God has you reach 15,000 people or one person, yeah. if you were obedient to God, that is success. Yes. So the ticket to success is being able to withstand the hardships of day-to-day life by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus yep. and having other people help you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Yes. Because I would say something that I've had to embrace is welcoming people into my inner sphere that I don't want there. Sure. Right? Like yeah. you, you you need to have people that you don't like to meet with. Yes. Like like so I, I've I've met with like three or four leaders over the last couple of years. Yeah. And like one of them is an absolute joy to be with. <laughs> the other three are like I'm happy to be with them. Yeah. And one of the those three I'm like, I hate this meeting every time. <laughs> because like they just dig into my life and just yeah. like and it but it's it's so healthy. But I just dread that meeting every yeah. time I have it. That's good. But it's really, really helped keep me humble, moldable, and it's it's really given me a lot more stamina that that I never knew I had. That's it's like good. it's like unlocked a part of me that I didn't know I was missing. Level up. So yeah, it's totally leveling up. It's like <laughs> I just prestiged, you know. <laughs> you're starting over, but you're at a new prestige now. That's right. Come on. I kept all my attachments. <laughs> that was so good. Okay, so let's move into like this more business side of leadership because even as pastors, not that our focus should be to imitate the secular world, but there are principles that are outlined in the Bible that apply to everyone that we need to emulate. So I call these four motives of a leader. These are taken from Craig Groeschel, and uh, he's a great leader, great communicator, awesome pastor. And he doesn't call these motives of a leader, but that's what I'm calling them. So number one, we have a heart to care. So even in the business world, you need a heart to care. You'll never be a leader others love to follow if you aren't a leader who loves people. The number one reason people leave companies is because they feel undervalued. So exercise the way of valuing your team. Appreciate more than you think you should and then double that. Hmm. People... Even if you tell them once or twice you're doing a great job, they need to hear it way more than that before they receive it, especially a volunteer. Yeah. 
and especially not to keep in the ministerial realm, but usually this really involves, we, we talked about Enneagrams last time. Yeah. And, you know, like the twos out there. The twos are like the helper. Yeah. And usually churches attract twos. Mm-hmm. You know, or if you're in a leadership role, they want to help. They yeah. want to help. They want to help, right? So for the twos that are in your life, you know, that's where, again, you got to care first. You got to know you have a two in your <laughs> office who's sitting there going, hey, can I help you? Yeah. Right? That person absolutely just wants nothing more than to hear, hey, I'm so grateful for you. You did a great job. Yes. You helped. You know, anything like that. But like you said, is like doing it way more than you think. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's not, and that's just an example. But, yeah, you know, if somebody's looking to work for your business, you know, they're, they want to help you. Yeah. You know, so exactly. letting that person know they're valued. You're so valued. You're important. Some leaders will make you think that they are important, but the best leaders will help you see that you are important. And Mic you drop. listeners, you're important to us. <laughs> Very much. All right. So our second motive of a leader is a passion to inspire. Inspiring people is different than motivating them. Motivation may be urging people to do something they don't necessarily want to do, but inspiration is more about pulling out the best of what's in your employees. So being an inspiring leader doesn't always mean giving impassioned speeches, being optimistic, having a posture of humility, setting a clear vision, consistently following through, and being empathetic. Empathetic? Empathetic. Empathetic. These are all inspiring to the people around you. So not just coming up one Sunday night, Zach, and giving an an impassioned speech and then going and sitting in the bathroom. It's about... I feel personally attacked. (laughs) I'm just using you as this. (laughs) I've never been to your gym during a class, so Mm. I have no idea how it goes. But I would imagine that you are there being optimistic, being humble, setting a clear vision, a tone, yeah. consistently following through with all of your students and uh, and your other leaders, and being empathetic for them. You know, you, you talked about creating vision. Yeah. And we've, we've talked about it a couple times, but, you know, I feel like in a church that is easy to do, not necessarily easy, but but it's it's way more. It's already set out. It's set out, and you talk about it a lot. Yeah, you know, like to know know Christ and make and and make Him known. Yeah, you know, like and they're biblically mandated principles. Yes, it's all vision oriented. A lot yeah. of you know Christianity. Yet, like, say if I am a manager at yeah. a secular business, like a, at a restaurant. Sure. You know, it's it's I find rarely is vision ever talked about. Sure. Because employees come in, they clock in, they clock out, they know what's yeah. what's required of them. Right. But I feel like there's never any vision cast. There's a way major corporations get this right oftentimes. Like Walmart, for instance, it's so corny, but they're supposed to do like these empowering team member exercises. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember the Walmart slogan. Something about a smile or I don't know. But think about like Burger King, their vision, everyone knows their vision. Have it your way. Mm -hmm. That's what they have encompassed. That's like their model, everything. For Truth LLC, Mm -hmm. for your BJJ Academy, where beginners start every day. That's right. Everyone, when they walk in, they already know what your vision is and it's cast. Mm. 
Hmm, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. You know, and I think keeping pe- keeping vision in front of people is such a key to keeping people inspired. Yes. Because they, they know why. They, they know they're part of something. Like, I, I'm here to help, you know, people or whatever. Absolutely. That's good. We're here to help beginners. Yeah. Start. They're our main demographic. Mm-hmm. So we, we said a heart to care, a passion to inspire. Third is a willingness to empower. The best leaders unleash higher performance through empowerment, not through command and control. If you think you need to control everything, you are the one getting in the way of progress. Delegation is not demanding a coffee. A leader lear- needs to learn not to just delegate tasks. That only creates followers. Instead, delegate authority, like we talked about earlier. A rule of thumb is that as a leader, make the decisions that only you can make. Delegate the rest. Empower your team by telling them you decide. If all the decision-making power is locked up in the top layers of leadership, you won't be able to scale or adapt or grow quickly. Wow. Come on. This Powerful, is so good. Like right? that, that is, This is so overlooked a lot of times. Yes. Man. I mean, just, yeah. And I, I it, was this from Groeschel's yes. uh, I podcast? Never, I was podcast. I yeah. never read this, but yet, where did I catch on to the idea of giving authority rather than tasks? I read that somewhere. Probably the Bible. You know, that's probably a <laughs> biblical thing. <laughs> so then our last point here as a motive of a leader. And uh, like I said, this uh, this encompasses everything, the the vocational world. Even if you're the manager of a store, this is important for you to listen to. You need the courage to be real, humble, and vulnerable. Leadership is not about power, authority, or pride. Your posture as a leader should be the first thing you work on. Be authentic and vulnerable. Be understanding and kind. Expect a lot and work hard. Wow. This is good stuff. Yeah. This is very good stuff. Yeah, it'll preach. Yeah. Yeah, but not about power. Now, something I I think... I don't remember what we talk about or not. I don't know. (laughs) But... Something that I was, you know, they talk about power being able to, what is the saying? Power corrupts absolutely or something like that. I don't know. Absolute power. Purple is the power stone. Oh, you're right. On the amulet. On the what? Amulet? The gauntlet. Gauntlet gauntlet of emulation. Is it uh, absolute power corrupts absolutely? Something like that. There's a saying like that. They, they, that's what they mentioned about Superman when Superman versus Batman. Oh, I thought it was like one of those... One of those like biblical phrases that aren't in the Bible, like cleanliness is. is next to godliness. We were at a, a men's breakfast one time, and this guy, we were talking about our favorite verses, and, uh, <laughs> and this, one of the guys who will not be named, he he's goes, um, "Neither a borrower nor a lender be." <laughs> That's off Gilligan's Island. <laughs> uh, anyways, what was I saying? Oh yeah, power. So. <laughs> But just power is does not corrupt people. Power mm. shows corruption. Yeah. And that's that's a, a thing that we usually have backwards. We think when people have power, they abuse power. Sure. But when people that, that's not it. It's it's power shows what's in that person. Wow. And it's a, kind of a backwards way to to take a, a misconception. Yeah. Because it's it, it's not that people are can't handle power. It's that they. In, inside are already corrupt. Wow. So that's good. As a leader, if you are abusing power, it's not necessarily that you're abusing the power, it's that you are a scumbag. <laughs> 
What Zach means to say is be better and suck less. That's our go. motto here at Cross Choke. And if you suck at it, suck at it till you don't. That's right. Now, a takeaway that I want to share with you is just this phrase that has been on my mind consistently for this past week. It's three kind of just things that I want to start living by completely and totally. It's to think like a missionary, preach like a theologian, and live like an evangelist. Lastly, if you don't know where to evaluate yourself as a leader or evaluate your team, there is a great resource out there for you online. This resource is called SWAT, not like a SWAT team trying to do a no-knock raid. This is SWAT, S-W-O-T, and it goes through your strengths, your weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. Have people that are working under you as a leader fill these out, and you fill one out as well. It's a great evaluation tool. And his name is John C. And the walkout song of the week for this episode is Nothing by GS. It's a remix of Lecrae's Nothing, and it's quite quite the stuntin'. That's right. Stuntin', as the kids say these days. It's a stuntin'. It's a stuntin' song. I think the kids these days call it a banger. Upcoming, we have the Mountain Force MMA, first time ever in Montana, brings you the 24th and three years anniversary fight night on Saturday, April 3rd, 2021. This is smack dab in the middle of the resurrection. April 2nd, we are celebrating Good Friday. April 4th is Easter. What better way to celebrate the resurrection than going to Mountain Force MMA? Yes. Uh, April 3rd, of course, 7 p.m., doors open. Uh, tickets are on sale, I believe, at Mountain Force. Uh, dot dot Ticketleap.com. Yeah, Ticketleap. I was going to say Ticket Lab. I think we did something with Ticket Lab before uh, in a neck of the woods. Yeah, Ticketleap.com. And, uh, yeah, doors open at 6, actually, not 7. And could somebody please explain what 24th and 3 years <laughs> anniversary f- means? <laughs> We're confused. I still don't understand what that means. The, the best way I can wrap my mind around it is that they have two fighting events. One, this will be its third anniversary. One, the 24th anniversary. Yeah. I, I don't get it, but that's that seems But it's kind of right. like when you hire a company and they're like, 83 years of experience mm. split between 10 people. Yeah. Maybe it's like that. Maybe. I really don't know. <laughs> I really have no idea. All I know is that it's an all-ages event. Yes, which is very true. And some good fights on there. I think there's some bare-knuckle boxing in this fight card. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. So it should be pretty cool. How's your front yard? Has the long winter made your lawn look as patchy as Zach's beard? If so, Next Generation Services is here for you. From decorative concrete curbing, tree trimming, scheduled mowing, and all your other landscaping needs, Next Generation sets the standard for professionalism and is always just one phone call away. Check them out at ButteLandscapers.com. When you look into it, you gotta look into it. Look into it. When you look into it. Our look into it for this podcast episode 
is Craig Groeschel's Leadership Podcast. You can find it on your podcast streaming service of choice. Your number one streaming service. What? Your number one podcast of choice should obviously be Cross Choke. But second to that, I would check out the Leadership Podcast. Craig Groeschel is a good guy to listen to. Yeah. Good speaker. He's the man. The school of the spirit, which is the word of God, Jesus Christ. This episode's verse is Psalms 78, verse 72. And David shepherded them with integrity of heart, with skillful hands he led them. Dakota, that's all we got for this episode. That's it. I got to say, you did a fantastic job leading us through this episode. Thank you for valuing me. Of course. You are a phenomenal co-host. You know, you have given great vision and empowerment to me uh, (laughs) during this episode. I just want to say a special thank you. I appreciate your vulnerability in saying that to me. Thanks for not giving me uh, criticism right now. I (laughs) can't take it. (laughs) So, of course... You can be a part of the show at any time by either messaging us, getting a hold of us, however you want to. But of course, patreon.com slash TFL Ministries is a great way to get involved. We hope everybody's had a great day. We'll be yeah. back for Cross Choke Plus next week, and we'll catch you next time. Special thank you to our Purple Belt patrons. First up, we have Jake, the interstellar intercessor Duran. Louis, the Semtex Grenade, Lopez. Isaiah, the Burly Boar, Rodriguez. The Bone Crusher, Kendra Carlson. Ooh, that was a good one. Katie, lucky number seven, Powell. And the Killer Bee himself, Ryan Snowden. Let's go. Again, you can get your name read in each and every episode by supporting us at our Purple Belt level. And once more, we'll catch you next time. Do you love chicken wings but are tired of the same old mediocre standard of wing sauce? Step up your wing game with Wingredient. From 11 different flavors to choose from, their award-winning wing sauce makes a sure to delight your taste buds. It can be used on everything from wings to sushi and is customizable to your palate. Order today for your party, at home, or your restaurant. Experience what everyone is raving about. Wingredient.com, award-winning sauce and rub for wings and grub. Thank you so much for listening to season three of Cross Choke. It was a blast creating this episode, and we hope you enjoyed listening. Feel free to follow Zach at Ando Butte and myself at South for a day. Have a phenomenal day and join us next time on Cross Choke. Best way I can wrap my hind my my hind in. <laughs> <laughs> Patreon.com slash TFL Ministries is a great, a great way to get involved. <laughs> Our purple belt patrons. <laughs>